John chapter number 6. If you found it and you're able to, let's stand together. We're going to begin reading in verse number 61 and read down through the end of the chapter. John chapter 6, verse 61. When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Doth this offend you? What, and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. From that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Let's go back and why don't we read together what Peter said in verses 68 and 69, because I affirm today that I believe the exact same things that Simon Peter answered here. Let's read verses 68 and 69 together. Are you ready? You got your place in your Bible? John 6, verse 68. Here we go. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Boy, isn't that a wonderful passage of Scripture. I'm going to preach for a little while this morning on this subject matter. No place else to go. No place else to go. Let's have a word of prayer, and then you can be seated. Father, we love you. Thank you for the word of God. Lord, I'm thankful that it's true, and uh, Lord, I'm thankful that it reveals Jesus unto us, and Lord, when we truly understand who Jesus is, Lord, we would be saying the same thing, to whom shall we go? There's no place else to go, no other person to go to, Lord, I pray that you'd help us with this as we look into this passage of Scripture. May you be honored and glorified in all of it now, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I thought it was interesting as we look down through here, and I'm not one that is going to say that that the chapter divisions, I understand the chapter divisions and verses when God gave the Word of God. Um, He did not say, okay, here's a break, here's the next verse. Here's a break, you need to start a new chapter. We understand that it was scrolls that were written out and continual letters and accounts that were written down. But I don't know if you find it as interesting as what I do when you come over here to John chapter number, and what chapter are we looking at? Six. Six, And look at verse number 66 that says, From that time 
many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Very interesting, the other 666 in the Bible is a group of disciples that are walking away from Jesus and no more with him. You say, what's that got to do with the 666? We'll go over there to the Antichrist in the book of Revelation, and that's his number. And I thought how interesting it is that we see this here. Just one of those things that you look at and go, hmm, as you're reading through the Bible. But here's the thing. Every time I want to know where that verse is, guess what I remember? 666. And it brings me over to that verse of Scripture to be able to remember where that is. As I look at this passage of Scripture, and I want to put it in the context of there's a a table full of gospel tracts that are out there in the foyer. And if you'll remember today, the flyers have been up at the church, we've made mention of it, but today starts our Fill New England with the Gospel. Okay, fill New England from June the 12th to July the 10th. We are going to do everything that we can do. The flyers out in the foyer, the flyers downstairs on the bulletin board and uh, do everything we can do and keep track of how many gospel tracts we're able to hand out over the next four weeks. And so there's an entire table out there, and some of our young men are ready as that uh, um, depletes. We're going to refill that, and those are in packages of 10, stacks of 10 for you to be able to take. And throughout this week, you might be walking through a grocery store somewhere. You might be at a gas station filling up, and hopefully you're not there as often, okay? And uh, But you may be standing there, and someone's pumping gas on the other side. Be able to take a gospel track and say, hey, can I give you something to be able to read and tell you about Jesus? We want to keep track and see what our church does over the next four weeks. And next week when you come in, there's going to be a little box back there and uh, a little place for you just to be able to write down a number, 10 15, 20, whatever it is, and just drop that paper in the box. We're going to total up what our church has done for giving the gospel tracts out over the next four weeks. I want us to intentionally, how many remember John chapter 4 last week, that Jesus intentionally went through Samaria to be able to meet that woman at the well. He said, lift up your eyes, intentionally have to do it. And so we'll be talking about it, we'll be reminding us, we'll be emailing us, reminding us to hand out a gospel track, and uh, let's see what the Lord will allow us to be able to do. Wouldn't it be a blessing if we fill our Jerusalem with the gospel over the next four weeks? If you say, I don't have any time throughout the week, there's a group of young men that'll go walking downtown on Main Street and the surrounding areas. And listen, you'll find people on Main Street just walking down there, hand them a gospel tract, say, can I give you something to read? And uh, so I want to encourage us. And that's why we have this message this morning out of John chapter number six. And because here's the reason why there is a multitude of people that are around us that believe that they still have some place else to go except the Lord Jesus Christ. That they can try everything that's around them and they're looking for satisfaction, they're looking for peace, they're looking for contentment in their lives. 
Now, we as Bible believers, we understand that once we have Jesus, we have everything. That we're satisfied with Jesus. And those that searched and searched for years trying to find something, whether it be in religion or be in pleasure around this world, realize that all the years that were wasted, really looking for Jesus and looking for that which is going to fill that void. And we understand today that there is no place else to go. Now, as we look in John chapter number 6, I want us to see, first of all, and I'm going to share three things down through this passage of Scripture. First of all, there is a difficult decision that is being made. A difficult decision. Now, for the sake of time, we're not going to read the entire chapter uh, that we have here, because obviously we're already up to 71 verses in this one chapter of scripture. But if you go back and read the beginning of it, we understand that is when Jesus performs this tremendous miracle of being able to feed the 5,000 men besides women and children. Now that's just a miracle to pull off a meal like that. But to be able to provide a meal like that with five loaves and two small fishes, the Bible says. And so out of those seven items, bread and fish, God provides and multiplies it, makes it sufficient, and feeds the multitude that's on the side hill. The Lord Jesus, after that, takes it as a wonderful time to be able to begin teaching that you just ate of this bread... You just ate of this fish, but then he goes in and reminds them in verse number 35 of John 6 that Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst." that Jesus is willing to satisfy the most basic of needs and desires in someone's life. This begins an entire conversation and then their hearts, they're wondering what he is talking about because he comes down and actually talks about eating of his flesh and drinking of his blood. And listen, we don't have that today. We don't have Jesus right here that was supposed to take his finger and take a bite of it and say we're supposed to eat Jesus. But I believe that the hard saying here, and the Bible says it in verse number 30, Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is a hard saying. You say, what is the context of this scripture? I believe the overall context as we're looking at this is that Jesus satisfies the most basic of needs and wants, as I mentioned, but yet it's not just him supplying it, but it is also about us identifying with Christ identifying. Do you understand when we take, and we did this uh, last Sunday afternoon, the first Sunday of the month, then in the afternoon service, we had communion, we had the Lord's table, and we have the wafer, and we have the grape juice that are symbolic of the body and the blood of Christ. Do you understand that when we partake of that, that we are actually identifying with Jesus and doing that publicly amongst our congregation that's here? And what Jesus is saying here in John chapter number six, I have fed you physically, but I'm also the bread of life to be able to feed you spiritually. 
But it's not just a matter of being satisfied with that. It's a matter of identifying with Christ. And you see, there's a difficult decision, and I actually preached some of this yesterday with the ladies down at the prison yesterday afternoon. I said, usually there comes a point in a believer's life, and some of you may be about that point right now, of just determining and making a difficult decision of, I'm with Jesus. That you are with him or you're not with him. I'm not saying that you're, you're not saved, but you're just saying as God is speaking to hearts and saying, listen, here's the path that I want you to take. Here's some commitment in your life. Here's to be a disciple, what you're going to have to follow after me. Here's what you're going to have to change in your life that we say, that's enough, Jesus. I've come this far. I'm not going any further. Do you understand the difficult decision was made? Listen, they were there for the eating of the bread. They were there for the eating of the fish. But when it came to it and said, listen, I am all in for Jesus. John 6, 66. And from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Do you understand at that point they were no longer willing to identify with Jesus? No longer identifying with Christ. And I'm saying what a decision to be made. Now listen, we all love eternal salvation. There's not one person that you talk to out there on the street that says, hey, you want to go to heaven when you die? Of course everybody wants to go to heaven. There's not one person doesn't really want to go. When you start talking to them about what it is for a relationship with Christ. What is it to identify with Christ? What is it that my life is completely sold out for Him? Listen, it's not a matter of just bowing our heads and praying a little prayer. But I can say this, the decision to be all in for Jesus. Of saying, listen, Christ, you have my life. You have my all. Lord, my life is yours to control. King of my life, I crown thee now and surrendering to the Lord Jesus Christ as a true Lord in our lives. And a difficult decision. Some were there for the physical aspects. You know, some come to church because of a physical duty that they have and say, well, if I don't go, then something's going to be said, or they know that it's a religious duty and that we ought to be in church, and it's just a good thing to be able to do. But yet their relationship with Christ never goes beyond sitting in a church service on a Sunday morning. They've been doing that for 40 and 50 and 60 years in some cases. What Jesus came to here and said, are you willing to identify with me? Are you willing to partake of what he was? Listen, the Christian life, when we truly understand it from the scriptures, it's not going to be a Christian life of just ease and a bed of roses. You see what's taking place in the world. Listen, I believe around us everywhere that it is just going to intensify of a direct attack against Christianity. It's already started. Listen, some of these shootings that took place over the past couple weeks, do you understand that there were people that went on national news and directly linked or tried to that mass shooting to Christianity and actually said it 
publicly on national television, national news, you say, listen, I, I, just, I just don't want to be called a Christian then. Hey, it's going to come a time you're identifying with Christ or you're not. And thankfully, listen, it hasn't gotten to that point right now in, in Concord, New Hampshire, but I believe sometimes spiritually in our hidden man, that which we don't want publicly, we're saying, hey, this is the line right here. I'm not willing to cross that. You mean actually committing to a church? You mean actually reading my Bible? Actually being a witness? Actually giving a gospel track to someone else? You know, if I give them a gospel track they're going to know that I go to church. Isn't that the point? Well, no, I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't want to. Why don't we want to identify with Christ? Some came to him and said, this is a hard saying. Pastor, you mean identifying with Jesus? Sure thing. Some of us love the benefits of it. Some people love the benefits of church without the commitment. Some people love the benefits of we got assurance of salvation, but I'll just live my life down here. Hey, Jesus, you take care of me for eternity. I've got this life covered. No, that's not Jesus. That's not Jesus. He makes a difference in our lives. A difficult decision, and I 100% believe this. I remember a time in my life that it was, listen, am I in or am I out? Am I following God and he has my heart, or am I just going my way? I announce it to our teenagers, our young adult. Listen, I believe there's coming a point that they're going to determine. We got these young men, young ladies right on the front row right here. I believe, listen, a few years, their decision's going to have to be made. Am I in or I'm out? These young men, our young adults, our young families, hey, I'm following God or I'm following myself. And there's a difficult decision that comes in our lives. Now, if you're all about Jesus, it's not as difficult as what you may think it is. I told you last week that I, I read this statement and a young lady put out on, on Twitter. I don't even know who she is. Someone liked it or something, so it came across my feed. And it said, I, I sure could use some prayers today because since I've decided to follow Jesus... Boy, my whole circle of friends and people I'm around, they're just running like crazy. And I'm pretty much by myself. You know, that kind of hinders some people from making that decision of I'm just going to live for Jesus. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to lose the crowd that I'm with. I don't, I don't want to lose that, that influence that I have. How about living for Jesus? How about identifying with him? Do you understand Jesus identified with us? The Bible says that he was numbered with the transgressors. He had no problem whatsoever being named among the sinners. Even though he was perfect, but he was doing all of that to be able to win us and to be able to save our souls. A difficult decision. But then I want you to see this, and I believe it's a sad verse. Chapter 6, verse number 66. We see the departing disciples. You say, but if I was there with Jesus, I wouldn't turn around and walk away. Man, do you understand what they just experienced and turned around and walked away from Jesus? Their bellies were full. They had everything. They had, they had heard his teaching. They had heard his preaching that God had, had provided this miracle. 5,000 men besides women and children were fed out there on the multitude. I mean, out there on the hillside. And the Bible says from that time, many of his disciples went back. You know why? I believe they were still looking for something else. 
They were still looking for something else, somewhere else, and someone else. You say, oh, I wouldn't leave Jesus' side. If I got to see him raise the dead, if I got, man, if I just saw that miracle, I mean, that one little lad comes up there with five loaves and two small fishes, and Jesus blessed it and break it and gave it, and there was, there was more leftovers than what they started with. You say, man, if I saw that, then I, I, I'd stay with Jesus my whole life. Hey, listen, we just read about it, and some can't stay with Jesus for the next week. We just read about it, and by faith, we know that it happened. You say, I don't know about that. Hey, there were others that came to Jesus, and they turned around and walked away. What about that rich young ruler? Over in Mark chapter number 10 and said, hey, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? He talks and goes through the commandments. He said, I've kept all of these from my youth up. And Jesus looked at him and said, go sell all that thou hast. The Bible says he turned around and walked away grieved. Walked away from Jesus. Never again to be able to hear from him. Not sure what happened in his life. I pray that he got things right after that. Departing disciples. Now listen. I want to remind us and every one of us that have been in church for any length of time, we can look back over the years and say, I remember when this person was in church. I remember when this person was in church or that person was in church. And where are they at today? Departing disciples. They just turned and walked away. They just turned and went another direction, not following Jesus anymore. You say, well, I don't, I don't understand all of that. That's because you might have come to a point in your life that said, no matter what, I'm staying with Jesus. No matter what, hey, listen, where else are we going to go? There is no place else to go. Do you know why some are still chasing after the things of the world? Because they haven't realized that that doesn't satisfy they haven't realized that the end game of all of that is nothing but destruction of a life. They haven't realized that when they come to Jesus that we have eternal life and peace and joy and long-suffering of God towards us and His mercy and His grace upon our lives. And absolutely nothing can substitute what Christ has given to us. But there's some out there that don't believe that. They don't understand that. They've never gotten a hold of that. So you're chasing everything out here in this world instead of just saying, God, I'm with you. And I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. Well, I want to do this. You know what I found out? I found out most of the time it comes to, I don't want to say a breaking point, but it comes to a point and most of the time most of the time, it is the submission of the heart. And they just say, nope, not going there. Not doing that. I'm holding on to this. That Bible can't tell me how to live. This is my life. Departing disciples. You say, oh, no, I'm, I'm here. You're not talking to me, Pastor. I'm even sitting downstairs in the, in the overflow area. I mean, I'm here, I'm singing, I'm fellowshipping, I'm testifying, I'm fellowshipping with the entire church family. That's not me. Listen, we saw it in their life because they physically turned their back. But I wonder this morning, I wonder how many have spiritually departed from the Lord. You see, we're wonderful to walk in on Sunday morning and you say, how do you, how do you know we're so good at that? Because I've done it. 
walk in on a Sunday morning, boy, we got a smile on our face. We, we might even have our Bible. Or we might have our phone and we just open it to our Bible app so that everybody can see it and carry their Bible on their phone. You know something? We sit here and we honor the Lord with lip service, but our hearts are so far from Him. And we see this. We see the departing disciples. Jesus, do you understand at this point, identifying with Jesus was not enough for them. And I wonder what else you're looking for in life that Jesus isn't enough. I'm not saying we don't have to work a job. I'm not saying we don't have to provide for our families. All of those things have to be done. But I'm talking about the, the satisfaction and the peace in our hearts and lives that only Jesus can give. And we're departing disciples. We're getting away from the Lord because we're longing after something else. He said that with Jesus, you'll never hunger again spiritually. You'll never thirst again. He's the bread of life. He's the water of life. What is it that you're looking for that Jesus isn't enough for? Well, I want all of this. I want all of that. How about starting with Jesus and see what he has? But then I want you to see this, and this is where I want to get to, and I want to encourage us today. A determined declaration. Do you understand Jesus looked at the 12? Now, how many were just here in this passage of Scripture moments earlier? There were 5,000 men besides women and children. And do you understand who he talked to after this statement? Twelve. The multitude that turned and walked away. And what Jesus is left with is twelve. And Jesus looks over at the twelve and says, will ye also go away? Now, I received some help. I'm not going to say several years back because I've only been pastoring this church for eight and a half years. I received some help because inevitably, every time someone walks out that door and never comes back, inevitably, boy, they love the church family. You know where it comes down to? Right here. And that's okay, because I got some help some years back. And do you understand that Judas had the best pastor in the world? And he still wasn't even saved. Do you understand that, that Peter had the best pastor in the world? And he still denied Jesus three times. And the Lord helped me with that and said, listen, here's Jesus. He just had the biggest congregation that we read about. And they turn around and walk away. And he ends up talking to 12 of them and saying, will you also go away? Will you also go away? And then Simon Peter, how many have known Simon Peter to put his foot in his mouth over and over throughout the scriptures? Over and over and over. But can I say this? Boy, look at this declaration that he makes. He understood Jesus, there is no place else to go. 
Here the multitude is turned and walked. And I wonder if they're sitting here and they're saying, hey, Jesus said, you going too? And Simon Peter looks at him and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Now, first of all, he understood who he was talking to. Second of all, he understood who he was talking to and what he possessed. He said, to whom shall we go? Look at this. Thou hast the words of eternal life. Do you know what was preeminent upon Peter's heart? Do you understand what he valued more than anything that this, this world had to offer? The message that Jesus had about eternity. He didn't say, where else can we get a free meal after being here all day? He didn't even say, where else can we see someone walk on water? He didn't say, where else can we go fishing and find and catch a fish that has a gold coin in the mouth? He didn't say, where else can we go and see someone raised from the dead? He said, to whom else shall we go? For thou hast the words of eternal life. Can I say the message of Jesus is the greatest thing that you can hold on to and not walk away from, not compromise it, but just say, listen, I am in, and Jesus, I am identifying with you. Look at the next verse. Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Boy, what a declaration. Do you know what kept them around? the truth about Jesus. Now, can I say this at Granite State Baptist Church? And listen, I'm not talking about if you don't come back to church next Sunday. That's not what this passage of Scripture is talking about, okay? But you know something? If you're here for a piece of cake, some Sunday we're not going to have a piece of cake. If you're here for a hot cup of coffee, there's going to be a Sunday that I forget to turn the coffee pot on and you're going to have a cold glass of water downstairs. There's some days that, that, listen, it's not going to be about that stuff. But I'll tell you what keeps me around. The truth about Jesus. And that's got to be enough. Well, I want, I want this. And do you, know, do you know how many questions are asked at churches all across this country? Well, what do you have for my kids? We have a message about Jesus. What do you have for my family to be able to keep us engaged and activated? We have a message about Jesus. You say, what do you have for my teenagers? They need a whole lot because they're getting pulled out into the world. We got a message about Jesus that'll change their life. You say, what do you have for this? And what do you have? Hey, listen, I'm not against all of those things, but every one of those things is going to have a message about Jesus. To whom shall we go? There is no place else to go. Now let me remind you, this isn't talking about the physical place of Granite State Baptist Church. Even though I'm in a 100% agreement that even in that, there's no place else to go. And if I didn't believe this was the greatest church on the face of the earth, I wouldn't be here this morning. I'm thankful for it. But that's not what John 6 is talking about. John 6 is talking about those that turned their back and walked away from Jesus because identifying with Jesus wasn't enough for them. We need a different message than just the message about Jesus. No, we don't. Don't be ashamed of identifying with Jesus. What about Matthew chapter number 16? I'll, I'll, I'll read you this. And guess who's talking in Matthew 16? It's Peter again. 
Matthew chapter 16, verse number 15 says, He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. In Matthew 16, we see that he's stating it. In John chapter number 6, he said, We know and believe that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. You know what was enough to keep them around? Jesus. They knew there was no place else to go. And all around us is a multitude of people and they're trying to go to everything else to be able to find satisfaction. And you know what we're just trying to do over the next four weeks of just giving the gospel out and give them a gospel track and and just be able to invite them to Jesus? We're just trying to get them to stop their search for everything else and realize that Jesus is the answer. We're just trying to get them to that simple point of saying, listen, what you've been searching for in life, Jesus is it. And those of you that are here today, you say, but I'm, I'm in church on a Sunday. I'm listening to the message. I'm not walking away from him. No, but I wonder if our hearts have already departed. I wonder if we're just saying, well, I'm just here out of motions. I'm just here out of duty. I'm supposed to be here. I live with my parents, so I got to be here. I just wonder if our hearts are already in that submission of our heart to the things of God, we so fight against it. Because Jesus isn't enough. You need boyfriends, you need girlfriends, you need physical relationships, you need tens and tens of thousands of dollars in jobs, and you you haven't gotten to that point yet of saying, listen, enough is enough. If God's taking care of me, Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. There is a difficult decision, and you may be facing it today. Are you in or out? Are you going to be with Jesus or not? You see, Jesus has already determined he's with us. I think it's amazing that the God of heaven has no issue whatsoever identifying with me. But sure commended his love toward me. It was said that Jesus was a friend of sinners. Aren't you thankful for that? He has no problem identifying with us. But let me ask you. Besides church on a 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning. I wonder if we identify with Christ. In every day of our lives, I had a lady give a testimony yesterday at the prison. And I'll close with this. She said, I believe that time, because I shared some other scriptures, I ended with this. She said, I believe one of those times in my life, she said, was on Tuesday of this week. And she said, I was on a phone conversation. I won't tell you who it was with or anything. She said, I was on a phone conversation. She named who it was. And the person told him over the phone, told her over the phone, said, listen, I just don't think we're heading the same direction. You want Jesus and all of that, and I want nothing to do with him. And the person said to her over the phone, said, why don't you just go your way, and I'll go my way. And I thought, you know what it is? Boy, it's a John chapter 6 moment. There was 12 of them that were saying, I'm with you, Jesus. And one of them was the devil, Judas Iscariot. But the thousands of others just turned and walked away. It wasn't enough to identify with Jesus. And I thought, are we to the point that there's no place else to go? 
or are you still searching for fulfillment somewhere? You know, even as a Christian today, you can be saying, this, this area of my life, I just need this fulfillment. I just need this satisfaction. Jesus isn't enough over here. His word's not enough. It's not enough. I, I, I need something else. Instead of just saying, my whole life is yours, Jesus, and you're my all. And if you never give me anything else, then Jesus, you are enough for me to identify with for the rest of my life. Because there's no place else to go. No place else.